Welcome back to Joystick and Mouse, video game news and reviews for all you filthy casuals out there. My name is Alex. I go by Crossing the Gaming Community. With me, as always, is Diddy. Howdy, folks. And in for J-Dimes this week, because he is still on his Scholastic Adventures, it is TV's Travis. Hello, sir. Well, hello. Oh, gosh. Great to have you. You're not a stranger to this show. You've been in the chat. You've been on the show, uh, as mm-hmm. well as other things here on uh, on the Incast Media Network. And so, welcome. Happy to have you as part of this conversation. Uh, yeah, so, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. We've got some more topics to talk about. It's going to be a little reminiscent of last week. So uh, stay tuned because the torches were lit, the pitchforks were brandished, and the angry mob set its sights on Activision Blizzard. What to do in the face of an angry mob? Dr. Frankenstein didn't know, and frankly, we don't know either. But whatever the right solution is, uh, what Blizzard did this week is not it. We'll explore what they did do what they should have done, and maybe some what some others are doing on this episode of Joystick and Mouse. Um, gentlemen, chat, everybody who's watching at home, by the way, we stream this live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash alexlb. So I'm very excited to announce the new Patreon that we're announcing today. Brand new Ooh. way to support this show. People have been asking, hey, how do I better support Joystick and Mouse? Let's say you bought a T-shirt and you're like, I want to uh, support you guys even more because you guys put great programming out. Or perhaps you guys haven't even bought a T-shirt yet. Well, guess what? We have a brand new Patreon site set up over at patreon.com slash joystick and mouse. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And we have a brand new launch special that's super cool. Uh, It lets you, if you sign up at the $5 a month mark or more, We'll send you a free sticker and a handwritten thank you note as part of our launch special. So make sure that you guys uh, become a patron. Check out all the different um, levels, by the way. $10 a month or more. We're starting a vignette series uh, that will kind of touch base on some of the uh, little news stories that happen throughout the week. And uh, that will be a patron exclusive offering. Um, so take a look at what is out there and see what works well for you. Um, but again, even just a dollar a month goes a long way towards the hard work, the production costs and everything else that goes into this show. So to everybody who's been out there helping us along the way in whatever form capacity, we thank you so, so much. So again, that is patreon.com slash joystick and mouse head over there and become a patron before the end of the month so that you can be part of the launch rewards for our Patreon. Uh, gentlemen, before we get started with our, uh, new show, I have a, a confession to make. Okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, uh, if anybody has followed my adventures throughout the years and you've heard J-Dimes and me speak about it, you know that I used to work for a company called Apple. When I worked at Apple, one of my worst fears, this was back when like the iPhone first came out is when I started working there. One of my worst fears was hopping in the pool or dropping my phone in the toilet, something that caused water damage. Mm. So this weekend, I went to uh, some dear friends' house. Uh, they've they've got a pool. <laughs> kind of see where this story's going. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, we took the kids, and you know, you're a parent. You're trying to lug two kids under five around and keep them safe in the pool taking my daughter down the little slide that they have, jumping in the pool and like kind of taking her around. And I think to myself, wow, it'd be really great if I could take some pictures right now. Where's my phone? Oh, 
here it is, in my pocket for the last 20 minutes. Oh. It was in my pocket for the last 20 minutes. And I am pleased to tell you, if you're watching live, look, it works. It totally fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. It is. I, I was scared to death that Which I one do you have. I have the iPhone 11. Oh, I was going was it a? It was 10 that they started the water resistance, right? They did, and it's gotten better and better, obviously, because they started. Mm -hmm. uh, like they were like, oh, it's like 20 or 30 minutes underwater um, at a certain depth, and that's like where you start to really get into trouble. But. Yeah. All of us that were over at that house, minus my wife, worked at Apple at one point. So we, uh, so immediately they were like, okay, let's do this. Let's plop it up. And um, I think that, you know, like at the end of the day, it's totally fine. Like all the water drained out and everything's good, right? But I actually didn't freak out as bad as I was expecting. I knew this day was going to come, by the way. I knew it was going to come. Uh, and I figured that I was going to have a meltdown when it happened because of how much hype I've built up in my own brain around this possibly happening in the first place. Yeah. And what happens when I uh, when it actually happens? I was so calm, cool, and collected. And it's because <laughs> I would literally wake up and sweat like when I was working at Apple because I would have stress dreams about this. I've gone through the trauma psychologically, mentally in my head over the past several years that, hey, pff, I'm good. Old hat. I, I've been not through a big it. Deal. It's fine. You also can't freak out in front of the kids either. No. <laughs> I would have. If it was, if it was, I, I feel like I could have and I would have, but no, you're right. Handled it like a champ. And for that, I give myself a round of applause. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Calm down. Thank you. Um, so that was my adventure this weekend, guys. I thought I would share that with you. Thanks uh, it for was being water. Here. It was a water kind of weekend, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yes. Yeah, because you, you dealt with a whole dishwasher fiasco. Can you talk to us about that? Oh, yeah. There was water on the floor. Oh, oh God. Great. <laughs> um, we have no idea what happened. Um, we, we use our dishwasher a lot. We use probably use it every day. Uh, for two people, I don't know how we do that, but we do. Um, and and Mrs. Diddy called up and said, hey, the dishwasher's leaking. And I went down, and it actually is looks like the door is bent. Oh, my it gosh. It doesn't, doesn't oh, seal at the bottom at all. And so when the thing goes around, it just lets water all over the floor and i'm like this ain't good no so we've been in this house 12 years and this is the third dishwasher oh that's a, that's a lot of dishwashers so that is a lot of dishwashers so we replaced it when we when we did the kitchen we replaced everything um and when they pulled the dishwasher out and put it back in they damaged it oh and so we had to get a new one um so that's this is the third one um and i will never buy another product from this company ever again okay not any product you're just not going to name them huh you're going to uh, be a good like I, we're not going to get a defamation I, lawsuit I, on our hands one of those one of the s company that makes everything okay the shit company's mm. got it yeah um, yeah so yeah I, yeah it's we had a, a washer by them, a, a clothes washer, 
I know exactly where you're going with it because I've been there and done that. Yep, mm -hmm. it lasted about five years. Mm -hmm. We had to replace it. And it's funny, appliances have sort of become like disposable because you can't come, you can't call somebody to come out and fix it because no, because the um the service fee and the parts and then getting it fixed is more than buying a new one. Yeah, it's like white and bottom. It's ridiculous. So if you can find somebody that even works on what you had, yeah. I had a front load washer and dryer and I had a leak in that. I called the guy, uh, I called a repair guy and he's like, I don't even work on front load anything. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, so, okay. we, we found out a lot about, um, about dishwashers this weekend. I, <laughs> I, I did some, you know, some Google research and, and found out that the, the best, the most reliable dishwasher is made by Bosch. And we actually went looking for a Bosch dishwasher and couldn't find one um, no. because of the whole parts thing. And, you know, you can't get anything right now. And it was almost like a three month wait, three to six month wait for the Bosch oh, sucks. to come in. Ugh. So sucks. Um, I got to talking to the guy at Bray and Scarf and he's like, you know, KitchenAid is made by Gen Air. Well, actually, they're made by Whirlpool, but. Uh, Whirlpool owns Gen Air and KitchenAid, and he said there's absolutely no difference between KitchenAid and Gen Air. They're the oh. exactly the same thing. Really? Yep. Oh, that's we ended like, up getting a, a KitchenAid. Like you go out and buy some uh, of those TVs, dishwasher. like the like the TCL TVs that you get on Amazon, or you can get them at Target too. Mm -hmm. like, they're they're LG screens. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and he said there's no difference. He said they have the same buttons, the same everything. He said maybe a little bit of cosmetic here and there and that's yeah. it yeah i mean so. your build quality is going to be the same on those that yeah so we went we did the whole thing we did we're getting a warranty we're getting the thing we went to a small appliance store that you know that's all they do and didn't go to the big box store and hopefully we'll get some better uh service out of it and yeah geez what a pain uh, in the butt it lasts forever but yeah so, so so you've got no water damage or nothing from the, no, uh, from we, the leak? we have tile floor, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's good. When we had the kitchen redone, we did tile in there, which is heated, by the way. Okay, Very so fancy. anybody that's going to redo your kitchen, yeah, all right. When the guy says, Would you like a tiled floor or would you like a heated tile floor? Just say yes, yeah, Just say yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> do it because it's amazing. It sounds great. I I have only ever been in one house that had that. My uncle built a house years ago and it had heated floors um, and the heated kitchen floor. We we had Christmas there and that was the greatest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. I would totally do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're, they're really nice. Very nice. Uh, so uh, outside of Diddy's bougie-ass tile floors and his uh, <laughs> all that going on, uh, Travis, tell me about you know what, what leak is happening in in your life anything like we're all talking about water issues uh no no water issues i actually had a couple of things um i had my own mini home repair um which was for anybody watching the live stream you can see this little uh ball of fur laying behind me so when i moved into this house my front windows had roll-up uh blinds in them and they were they were like a bamboo or a cherry wood or something you know they were nice Bella here likes to chew, and she only likes to chew on cardboard or wood. I left the house, uh, was out for a few hours. I came home, and she had chewed 
the hell out of those. Oh no! So there was just a hole in the middle of the window where she could see <laughs> out, and uh, so I had to end up replacing those. So that now there's just curtains in that window. Oh my um, god, dude! Thankfully, you, you I mean, let her do whatever she wants. You don't don't <laughs> don't get upset at her, okay? Oh no, 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 no! She's no. a princess. No. I wasn't I wasn't upset with her. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that was, that was my mini home repair. But the other thing I've been doing a lot of it isn't water damage, but it is uh, liquid. I've been doing a lot of 3d printing and a lot of, uh, with resin mm -hmm. and painting. Uh, Alex, you know, you, you, um, got one of the miniatures that I printed I out and painted for you. Um, and lately I've been working on, I'll show it to, uh, the, the live chat, but I've been working on a challenge coin for, uh, another show that I do. Um, so I've got a prototype of it here. Um, Looks great. Trying to get dialed in. Uh, but I've been having a lot of fun with that. But it, it also takes up all my time. <laughs> so well, I got, I got I mine a lot of time printing right, and painting. Right here for chat to see. Got my little guy right here. Uh, there you go. Look at this little dude for you guys over there. You guys can see him right here. Yeah. I love it. I love it. He's my little D&D &D character. For anybody who listens to this, it's in my D&D &D campaign. Spoiler alert. Because <laughs> that's oh. going <laughs> to pop up later. Speaking of D and D, if you need if you need the books, the latest books, Target has them on sale. Yeah, dude, great deal. They're like thirty percent off. Really? Great deal on the books. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I've got a good number of them, but I could always use. I got some the of players' them. handbook, and they got well, I got the latest version of the players' handbook, mm -hmm. and uh, they had they also had a an adventure, which. Oh, really? That's See, that good. would be rad. Yeah. I I'd love to do that. I'm actually in the midst of, like, when they go on sale online, I go and buy them because the D&D Beyond website, by the way, legit. It's great. Mm -hmm. When you're making your own uh, uh, encounters mm -hmm. and your own campaign and stuff, like, the, the sort of ways that you can import stuff from those books and play straight from those books online so you can do it, you know, virtually or whatever. No beef. Yeah, that's cool. It's really, yeah. really cool. Um, so anyway, no, great job on the on the miniatures, man. Love it. Yeah, it's been that. been a ton of fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, um, as we talked about last last show was a little bit of an interesting conversation because we had uh, we had a very interesting topic that was also like really in depth and and deep on some deep topics, right? Like like serious stuff going on in the industry which we like to tackle here and there on the show uh again big thanks to amy and monica for being on and telling their stories i thought that that was really impactful and we got a uh, a great email from a listener and i want to read it real quick it's from raymond he says gentlemen i've been listening and watching what's unfolding around the blizzard lawsuit fallout by the way oh wait we have this hold on wait wait wait, wait. you got mail we have this freaking sound we might as well use it um one thing that keeps nagging at the back of my head uh, that I have to at least try to get off my chest into the hands of someone who might be able to do something with it. Uh, I've heard it from both Scott and I think Don on Joystick and Mouse, Scott being probably Scott Johnson over at the instance. Uh, these issues all come out of the fact that we as men are not doing the right thing. Too many men accept this as a normal and okay thing to do. But also too many good men are ignorant and silent as to what is happening. And sadly, too many good men are probably purposefully ignoring, I'm sorry, ignorant and silent so as to protect themselves from bullying, career disadvantages, not wanting to rock the boat, or whatever subconscious or conscious reasons that we do not stand up for our female friends, coworkers, fellow gamers, etc. We have to do better. 
and not simply in the reactive way of listening and empathizing with the victims, which is an important first step. But as someone said, we have to actually be proactive about it. Sadly, I don't know what that looks like in terms of actually making an impact. One of the things I've thought of is just finding a way to in mass with a voice say this shit is not okay. Maybe in the form of a guy gamers pledge or a community standards agreement, uh, but something beyond I want to support women and I don't uh, and I won't allow this in my community's chat, but more like I pledge to believe the victims to stand up for them to not take part in boys will be boys, quote unquote activities to proactively shut down inappropriate behavior, to call out my fellow men that are not living up to these standards purposefully, including, um, I'm sorry, purposely include female voices in my groups and be a proactive ally. Somehow we as men need to start teaching other men that this is not okay, which it may just set, I'm sorry, may just start with teaching that this shit really does happen whether you witness it or not. Aside from that, thank you all for taking the time to have the conversation in the open, for being vulnerable enough to talk about it, and for being good examples. Anyway, thanks for reading. Let me know if there's any uh, way this old gamer, 43-year-old girl dad, can help create a better world for our daughters and our gamers. Uh, very truly yours, Raymond. First of all, Raymond, uh, job well done. Great email. Thanks for contributing that. Um I wanted to open this up for because this is going to kind of lead into the conversation coming up in the news, but wanted to to very quickly touch base about, you know, that email. Like, what more can we do other than just simply standing up um, and and saying, yeah, I, I support or like, you know, stepping in. Is there something proactive that we can do? Um, so interesting. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, I love the suggestion of an online pledge. To say, you know, that I'm, I'll stand up and I will, I will, you know, not uh, subscribe to that that behavior. I looked for something online like that, and a and change.org was about as close as I could find, and the only thing they had was a petition. So if mm. anybody out there listening knows of something like this, where you can garner signatures like that or something other than a petition please let me know and i will absolutely champion this to the highest mountain i i will start this up and i will i will bring it forward to as many people as i can get a hold of yeah yep and that's a big thing i think um, great idea yeah no it was, a, it was a cool idea and ace tigress in the chat says listen to women no matter what stand with them and tell their stories have more women voices on shows there really are many so many things that can and should be done not just by blizzard but the podcasting community too agreed 100 percent. i think that, that mm -hmm. that's one of the things uh and you know last week when we had amy and monica on Travis here was supposed to be on, right? But but we talked yeah, about yeah. it and we were like, no, no, we need to like first of all, Monica and Amy were willing to come on talk about their stories and give voice uh, on this issue where we didn't want it to be a male-dominated conversation whatsoever. Um which I thought was first of all, kudos again to to Travis for doing that. And you oh, know, absolutely. I think it's it's really important to to have that sort of representation like any any you know group that 
needs to be represented there, it's really important. So, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to touch on, it, I mean, when we talked last week and then everything broke and my first question to you was, all right, so are we going to talk about this on the show or, you know, cause I wasn't sure exactly what tone you wanted to go for. And you're like, no, this is important. We should talk about it. And then when you said, yeah, um, Amy and Monica, I was like, absolutely. No, have them on. I'll step back because the last thing, the last voice that needs to be heard on this topic is a yet another dude. Yeah. Let's, let's give voice to people that don't have as much of a voice because yep. they need that. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with that. And Ace is right. You know, listening, listening to women and, and any group, um, and, and standing with them. I mean, standing up for and saying that I'll be an ally to, to anybody that is marginalized and is treated poorly is literally like the least that you can do. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the, right. it's the lowest yeah. bar to clear. So we should all be doing that by default. Yeah. Um, but even, even stuff like, uh, like giving a voice to more people, I, I do try very hard to get people that are not, you know, 30 something white guys on my show. Right. When I, when I do my show, because I want to hear these perspectives from other people mm-hmm. as well. Like it makes for more interesting conversation than to have the same conversations I have with people uh, around me all the time. Yeah. So yeah, just, just trying to step out and, and, be and and actually yes ace you're right don't just say you'll be an ally actually be an ally right and that is something that i've definitely uh really worked on over the last number of years is like when there's you know i I don't allow or i don't subscribe to the boys will be boys bullshit yeah it's so annoying if it happens i'm calling it out yeah yeah i'm not gonna let that and and look i i spent most of my youth in locker rooms and on you know athletic you know sports teams in high school and in college and thankfully it was never too bad on any of the teams that I was on. Uh, but it definitely did happen and I was never comfortable with it. Even then, even in my youth, Yep. Uh, I've gotten less and less comfortable as, as I've gotten older and I've gotten, but I've gotten more comfortable with calling it out when I see it. Oh yeah, me too. And that, that's, oh, that's a big part of his, of his email that I think people, over the years as more and more of this stuff comes up it's becoming more clear that people need to like feel more comfortable standing up and not necessarily just brushing those things off right and Mm -hmm. um i've grown that courage to be able to to do that and i would encourage you know other people to really think long and hard about how they may be more enabling than they may even realize you know up front right like oh sure so so much opportunity to to provide a voice like you're talking about Mm -hmm. like you know, things the with single most yeah, enabling but... thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see something, say it. Yeah, bingo. Say something about it. That's right. Yeah, That's make, right. make a big deal about it because the thing is, if you're uncomfortable with what's going on and it makes you uncomfortable to talk about, calling it out and shining a light on it is going to hopefully make yeah. the person doing the dumb shit uncomfortable too. Right. And if they can get uncomfortable with that and know that somebody will say that, that will stop them from doing it. So. Yep. Well, and and kind of speaking of giving a voice, we might as well do this. Like, let's let's jump right into the news. It's time for the news. So, some more uh, information coming out from this whole Blizzard debacle uh, is underway around Activision Blizzard hiring a union busting firm as workers uh, start to come together. There was a big walkout last week that happened uh, with. A bunch of people walking out. It was it was on Wednesday, and uh, they they 
you know, they were protesting a really, you know, good message and they, they had uh, really good support across the company. Um, I would say a majority of the company was behind them uh, because, again, if you kind of look at it, it's like, you know, a, a good portion of this company was innocent in a lot of this stuff. But like, you know, that kind of upper level management, including people in Activision, are, are enabling a lot of this. So a lot of that protest was against some of that. And what does the company go and do? They hire a union busting firm to come in and, and squash some of that. Um, so, you know, what I wanted to do was just kind of touch base on this Kotaku article that talks about this, uh, this union busting firm um, that is that is coming forward. And then also, you know, what does it mean to actually kind of create a union, especially in this space for for video games? And to obviously there's a lot of equity <laughs> issues in in this whole story over the past couple of weeks. So what does it mean to actually gain a bit more equity as an employee in this industry? So, um, you know, Travis, at the beginning of the show, you had, uh, I think before we even went live, you were, you were having some really meaningful conversations with people around unions and kind of that perspective. I actually wanted mm -hmm. to start with you. Like, what are your, some of your, your thoughts around this topic specifically, and then just the thought of unionizing within the, the video game sphere in general? So this topic specifically with, with Blizzard and Activision, it's not a good look at all. All this is going on and then you hire a union busting law firm to come in and quash the stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's putting your foot in your mouth and then there's doing this. And for clarification, um, by the way, this is the same one that came in to squash the unionizing that was getting talked about at Amazon. Just yeah, for context, which, which is, a whole other they have a history, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, like you go back and look without going too far into it, like all the, the worker issues that have been happening in those warehouses. You know? mm -hmm. So anyway, please yep. continue. But I, I feel like unionizing any group of people, it, it's good for the workers. It's bad for the management and the management has the power. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. I have a couple of friends of mine that are, that are in some unions um, and have union jobs here. Um, and I would say that for the most part, uh, it's a positive thing that I have experienced and I have seen. Sure, there's going to be people that game that system. Um, I knew a, uh, a former driver for one of the delivery companies, uh, the big brown delivery company that has a union. And he unfortunately um, was terrible at his job, but because of the union was able to keep it for him far longer than he should have. But that's one case in several, several others. I knew a lot of people that worked there. So I think overall it's a good thing to have. And I think that that game industry people unionizing isn't bad on its face it, because there is a disparity. We also have a lot of disparity of things like wages in this country that I don't understand. It's, it's taboo to talk about what you make mm -hmm. with other, with other workers, which technically is at least un, to my understanding, illegal for a company to tell you not to talk about it. Like they can't say explicitly, you can't talk about what you earn, but they definitely, I've been every place that I've ever worked has, has very much frowned upon anybody talking about that. I don't understand that other than it's going to expose the disparities that are in your hiring practices. And having a union gets rid of a lot of that kind of stuff too. But mm -hmm. it's really just about spreading that power out and giving some power to the employees 
that are driving your company that are making your company its money yep. um yeah so yeah diddy what are what are your thoughts around some of this as so i've worked in a corporate environment for um all of my professional career i i've been involved in things that require crisis management there's a way to do this blizzard didn't do any of it nothing nothing there you can go find there's a book called the playbook of crisis management that, um that executives almost almost every executive has to read they didn't do any of it you got to own it you got to you got to say we're going you can't say we're going to do better you got to say this is what we're going to do um mm -hmm. and none of that happened as a matter of fact they did what you said they hired a firm that is that is known for squashing the employees to come in and do an audit what do you think that firm is going to find everything that they possibly can that'll you know yeah and and not only that even even if you do this with the best intentions which i'm not saying that they did it still doesn't look good it doesn't look to be good associated with that and corporations you know high level executives are always about the optics of something and how it looks so to do this doesn't look good well and right. speaking well, of we already know that from activision right be yeah because okay so a lot of this is directed at at um the coo for coo or activision oh CCO? Yeah, yeah the cco fran um for Fran. Yep. Right. As soon as they hire her, that's not a good look for your company. You can't make that hire in a in a service-oriented business. You just can't. I mean And Fran Townsend, for everybody who's who may not be aware, she was, you know, under she worked for the Bush administration and like uh He's the one that got up in front of Congress and 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 was an apologist for torturing prisoners yeah. of war. I mean, mm. <laughs> how mm. do you hire that person? As the, in the as gaming the, industry, okay. yeah. what did you do? And just beyond me. Get it. And she did her pit bull stuff right off the bat. Yeah. Oh, this is this is exaggerated. This is stuff from long ago. And we have people come out and said, no, this happened to me yesterday in the office. I, I and, and the thing that just, the thing that is just amazing to me is any other comp, almost any other company in any other industry, those people would have been fired. Oh, dude. Almost uh, immediately. And the board would have come down and said, you guys got to yeah. go sorry whether you knew it or not whether you it doesn't matter it you blows my mind and they had a and speaking of uh you know that whole situation there was a recent zoom meeting with employees that kind of doubled down on the appalling <laughs> official statement that uh that came out from fran fran is here in the middle if you're watching live on twitch um and basically they they called it a essentially an apology to the uh to yeah, I, I, so I'm just going to read just for everybody's sake. Activision leadership held a dissatisfying Zoom meeting with employees today, which called Fran Townsend's poorly received message an apology. 
and stated the corporate headquarters intent to fight against the California lawsuit. So, uh, again, it's just bad, bad optics, man. Yeah, it's a bad look. And that's it's not the way to handle something like that either. The way to handle that is to say, you know what? You guys are right. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're mm-hmm. going to do an across-the-board salary, um, uh, what's it called? When they, when they... Like a reorganization? They check all the salaries and make sure everybody's in line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to do that. And people that aren't up to the right level, at least to the midpoint, we're going to put them there and yeah. be done. You know, we're, we're going to say, if you... <laughs> We're going to come up with with a a process to to handle complaints about sexual harassment, and if you are found to be um, a harasser, you will be fired immediately. No, no if ands or buts. Um, I, well, and especially when you're Blizzard and you, you stake your reputation on community, and you talk about that. Mm-hmm. And have this have this community for how how long they've been around, and then you you react this way, you're just pissing all over that, and it's just I don't it, get it. it. I don't really get it. felt like I know I know this is about the employees. I, I understand that it's about the employees, and and they're the first. Those those are the people that really matter, but it it really felt like a slap in the face. To a person that's had my subscription non-stop since this game opened. Is it still active? I, my subscription is still active. I've yeah. never let it lapse. I've had it the, the whole time. And to me, it was a slap in the face. Yeah. To say, you're not worthy of us doing the right thing. And and now, um, to kind of add on to the the insult to injury here uh fran townsend is going after blizzard employees on twitter and proactively blocking them if they have anything to say that criticizes her actions over the past couple weeks um and the things that she said um it's fucking appalling dude it is Mm -hmm. those are the people you're supposed to be listening to yeah (laughs) like you're a leader, I mean, by the way. Like the, a leader is it's servant leadership, right? Like if you have that many people standing up and saying something, even just one person, you fucking like take it seriously. And the fact yeah. that you're going like, you know, God and country first, sort of mentality here. It's it's kind of like, come on, man. Like you have a group of people that are obviously getting taken advantage of, and they're voicing their hurt and frustration. And that's how you respond. And then you go and totally, uh, you know, wave it off even further by blocking them on Twitter when they're reaching out to you in some way. Granted, some of them, I'm sure, are really hostile and, like, you know terrible. What? But guess she what? So-and-so gave sure. me a death threat, and I banned these three people that gave me death threats. Okay. Fine. And okay. even And even then, it's also like, okay, welcome to the internet. Like... I'm not saying that that's okay by any stretch because it's fucked up. That's fucked up too, but it's also like, why do you think I mean, that they're frustrated in the first place? Because you're not fucking listening to them. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's again, that is the like worst bad, part of it. Bad like, optics all around. Bad optics all around. 
Uh, and then looking at uh, th this is kind of made us look back at sort of the culmination of some of the bad decisions that Blizzard has made. And, and this is not a Blizzard bashing episode. Yeah. We're, we're about halfway through this, I promise. Uh, but there, there was also this also uh, brought up. Did you found this article on Wildhead about you know some of the development issues around Warcraft Three Reforged? Do you want to talk to some of that? So. So this article came out in Bloomberg, and, and actually, so I'm I'm not a big paywall person. I I dislike paywalls immensely, um, but Bloomberg is one of those companies that is probably worth it to subscribe to their service. They have a lot of phenomenal articles on a weekly basis. They're a really good company, um, and they do a, a good job of of um, of reporting the news, and I think in a fair way. Um, but they came up, they interviewed 11 of the devs on Warcraft Reforged. And do you remember when we said this game didn't sound done or didn't feel done? Yep. Because it wasn't done. Right. <laughs> it was half-baked, no direction, no leadership, no money. Just, you know, we're going to, and they, they sent it out unfinished because they didn't want to have to refund people money that had pre-ordered it this isn't this just, isn't different though like th this is something that happens in the game this doesn't happen at blizzard this no oh, no yeah very very good at blizzard very good distinction yeah this this was supposedly the company that doesn't do this and there's the joke always the blizzard joke when it's finished that's when it'll be yeah out, right? coming soon trademark they would always they would always yeah, say coming that. soon three years later we I Here's remember game. when we and started the show. Yeah, like I remember when we started the show, we were talking about how Blizzard was different because they don't release a half-baked product and then this came around. But but yeah, yep. this is a trend that's starting in the industry in general, but it's, you know, that's uh it's shitty to see here. And so yeah, th I didn't this is one that I didn't find surprising, yeah. but I found it enlightening that the devs got together and actually said what really went on. Yeah. Travis, what are your thoughts? This is something kind of akin to, I see this with, because uh, I do a movie podcast, and so I I have a little more of a pulse on the movie world than the video game industry. Um, but I, I try to dip my toes in both. But you see this with movies, too. Movies, studios will put out a release date for a movie before it started shooting. And so now you're putting, if there's any delay whatsoever you're putting the director and the crew and the actors and everything behind the eight ball and they have to rush that out. And some of these movies come out and they don't look great or they, they get half baked. And that's because the studio put this, this, you know, day and date, like it's going to come out in this day. We haven't even started the thing yet. It's going to come out on this day. All right. And this is a trend that's been happening with the video game industry for a long time. When I worked in QA, which was, God, it's like 16 years ago now, almost 17 years ago. Um, it, it was like that then. We had we knew when our game was coming out, and I was working on it, and we had to get it done by that point, regardless. And games have only gotten more complex and more difficult to make and take longer to make now. And it, it's kind of sad to see that trend. But yeah, Blizzard was the company that didn't do that, and now they do that. And it's like, that's a bummer. That, yeah. that hurts to, to see quite a bit. Yeah. Can we really attribute all this to Activision? I, I mean, no, we can't. Let's, 
because let's, this stuff happened think. under under what's his name's tenure, um, the former president, CEO. Fuck. Um, no, I, I think I think a good part of it is just gaming in general. Yeah, it's the culture. We, we of the well, industry. we got so used to games that could get pushed out every year, and iterations that come out uh, all the time. But the games, as we get better and better fidelity, get harder and oh, harder that, to make. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah. You know, the the joke is always with Bethesda games that they're full of bugs. They are. But look at how big of an undertaking they're doing and making some of these games and all the factors that go into it. There's yeah. going to be bugs. I just expect that at this point when I play games. And that goes all the way back to when I first played Morrowind because I had played Daggerfall before that. And I play Morrowind. I'm like, yeah, there's bugs. But this game is amazing and it's huge. Right. And and they are constantly trying to fix that. But it, it is. It's it, As things get more and more complex and more difficult to make, it, they need longer cycles or they need more resources. You need more devs. You need more people but that costs money you don't want to do that because that hurts the bottom line yeah so the, and that and that, that, that goes back to the whole point though right of, yeah. of treating your employees like shit you know and yeah yeah dude some of those crunch time moments where you're working you know long hour days mm -hmm. to to really crank out this project or whatever that, that's brutal and, and yeah to your point diddy it's it may be activision's fault that we're starting to see this decline in quality of what they're putting out and that but the locker room sort of boys will be boys conversations that that's all the time the, the whole this seems like the whole time which is unfortunate and, and this is something that has been happening uh if you guys remember about a year ago ubisoft was dealing with something very similar um mm -hmm. they had their own uh scandal uh and you know, what we're seeing is that, you know, there was a promise from the leadership in that company and uh, to to address that. And here we are about a year later from that, um, you know, from sexual uh, harassment to um, uh, crunches to just plain treating uh, employees poorly. This seems to be the norm across the industry. And the Ubisoft CEO put out a statement this week. Uh, and you know what? It wasn't enough. Uh, if two fell flat, uh, just like the Blizzard one. So let's look at why these messages are too tone deaf to employees and players as well, because I think the players also have a a big voice when it comes to some of this stuff and to care for the developers. Um, at least it's starting to come out. So, yeah, they had an issue. Ubisoft had an issue. Gosh, it was, yeah, about a year ago. And they, uh, there was another letter, um, you know, earlier this week, current and former Ubisoft staff members, they signed an open letter to the company criticizing the French publisher's failure to deliver proper change after the scandal. Um, and in response, the CEO, Yves Guillemot, uh, sent a mail uh, to employees reiterating previous statements made after the scandal broke, saying the company has made important progress over the past year and that the firm takes the issues raised in this week's letter seriously. So this is kind of coming into an interesting point where it's like, okay, if you're saying that there's been tremendous progress made, but the employees aren't seeing it, how much of that progress has actually happened? Or has it only been, has it only happened at such a top level that it hasn't cascaded down to the rest of the employees. How do you better communicate if something has actually happened? 
um, the, this is kind of where my my head goes because like a big part of what I do in in the corporate world is around like corporate communications externally and in, internally and, and relationship pieces there like if stuff's not transcending those boundaries you've got a big issue and they've got a big issue if this mm-hmm. scandal if they're claiming that they've done a lot of work but the employees aren't seeing that and that's a sentiment that's a that's a big problem uh travis what are your thoughts there yeah i mean you'll probably be better to speak at like communication in a corporate environment but i know good leadership will will get that message filtered down to everyone and sure when you're in a big company it can be tough to to completely talk to every person but it's got to be better than what they're doing yeah it's got to it's it has to be you can't you can't stand out there and say Look, we had some problems, but we've been fixing it. Everything's good. Meanwhile, everybody that works for you is like, and eh, no, right. no, it hasn't it hasn't yeah. gotten any better. No, be better than that, and and actually follow through on what you're doing. Don't just say, don't give it the lip service and say you're going to do it, and then not follow through. You as the leader have to follow through and make sure that what you have said is going to happen is actually happening. Hold your people accountable. Yeah, Diddy thoughts. So I wonder if this harkens back to something we've talked about a lot is that I wonder if, oh, and this sort of goes to something Travis just said, these schemes are huge mm-hmm. and they take a lot of resources to put together and to make nowadays. I wonder if the companies are too big. You now have, you don't have a game developer as the head of your, your company anymore. You have a corporate professional CEO as the head of your company. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I wonder if if because these these companies are all coming together to pool resources, that maybe the companies are too big and there's too many levels now. And so when the top guy says make this happen, it sort of like the uh like the the telephone telephone experiment right goes to the first person goes to the next person goes to the next person by it hits by the time it hits five levels down it's so watered down that nobody knows what's happening message. anymore that's exactly right. yeah so um yeah i i like the activision blizzard thing and and even with ubisoft ubisoft has bought up a lot of little companies mm-hmm. activision blizzard has bought up a lot of little companies and those are all now in one big conglomeration and part of me just wonders if they're too big now would we we as gamers and we as a culture and a group would we prefer to get smaller games if we knew they were done by smaller studios that had a better environment that's an interesting perspective i mean leaner meaner it's it it would certainly help with the levels of separation from top down, right? But I don't know that it necessarily takes care of some of the bigger burnout issues that a lot of these developers experience where they're working these crazy hours because they got to crank something out to meet the deadlines. Deadlines that are set by executives at certain levels that don't necessarily have the care or knowledge of of what some of that takes, right? And the art behind it. So how do we fix all this at the end of the day? Like, what do we do to really get to the bottom of like 
some of these issues pertaining to uh, you know, employee level representation and, and this conversation of unionizing kind of comes back up. And there was an ex Blizzard employee that spoke up about this. Um, he cites uh, sexual harassment, gender discrimination, um, and, and talks about like enough is enough. His name is Jeff Strain. He's one of the co founders of ArenaNet and Undead Labs, which does State of Decay. Um, so he's around some pretty big studios himself. And this guy is is a leader in the in the gaming industry and really calls for unionization to be a thing. So I think that it's really cool to see leaders at that level kind of caring about what their employees are are going through. And I think that that's really uh, that's that's a positive. I think. Um, did you guys have any thoughts around his perspective? And we're gonna put all this in the show notes, by the way, if you guys want to read his article. But it's a quick article from Game Informer. I found it interesting that the reason he left Blizzard was because of that whole bro culture that yeah. was going on at the company. And and that's where that whole if you're one person and you try to raise that alarm, um, it doesn't really work for well. So what he he got out. But everybody raises the alarm. Just we do it right as a group that's when i think we can we can put at least an end to most of what goes on it's not going to happen overnight i'm sorry i wish it, i wish it could wish we you know could do the thanos thing and snap our fingers and make it happen but um hopefully if we work at it and continue working at it and you know we teach our kids how to do it then uh then we can change this yep well, that's, yeah, that's the biggest, the biggest change that, uh, that a lot of us can make is to not only be better ourselves, but teach younger people who by default are probably not, you know, they, this is, that kind of stuff is learned behavior. You don't come you don't come out of the womb. You don't start off as a child treating people like that. You have to learn that you have to, and you learn that from your environments and not teaching that or teaching how to treat people with respect is the way to go. So start there. Um, for those of you that have kids or are around kids or can in some way influence, um, you know, be, be better, pay attention to how you treat other people mm -hmm. and how that mm -hmm. looks from the outside perspective there. I have friends of mine. I can make jokes with i can i can act in a certain way because they know there's context it's not something that i would do it's not maybe a joke that i would make to just anybody but i can make it to this one specific person because of history that we have um but that's completely different and we don't do that in an environment where other people are going to see it yeah so that's a that's a big thing right there too um yeah. just just be be a you know, try to, to be good people, like yeah. treat people with respect by default. And if they're not mm -hmm. worthy of it, that's fine. They will, that will come out in the wash and also shine a light on the shit, shine a light on the, on, on the things that you see and get the cockroaches to scatter. Yeah. Because that's, that is a big thing. Be like Ace said earlier, actually be an ally. Don't just say you'll be an ally, be an ally for people, stand up for people especially if you are in a position where you can speak and other people will listen, 
speak for the people who can't. Truth. Truth. Mm-hmm. So for friends who are listening at home and want to chime in on this, uh, just as we read the email earlier today, you can email joystickandmouse at gmail.com. Uh, would love to continue this important dialogue, uh, kind of bring light if, you know, when important topics like this come up. Uh, and we will be talking about this as this continues to unfold. Obviously, we've been kind of on top of this week after week. Um, but just seeing the amount of support and ideas and ways that people are coming forward with better ways to engage around this topic, I'm, I'm happy to see that. And it's an important thing to talk about. So, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys uh, talking about it because um, what I want to do now is shift to a video game that I have been playing. Here is a review. Yes, and the reviews were so mixed. They I'm were. Surprised. I'm talking today about The Ascent. The Ascent is a brand new game that is out on uh, Game Pass for free, quote, quote, unquote, for free. Uh, this is kind of like one of those run and gun shooter sort of top down third person bit uh, sort of things. And The Ascent is what I would consider it feels a lot like a like Diablo in. I know we were just talking about Blizzard and everything, but just bear with me because it's a dungeon crawler in cyberpunk sort of uh sort of territory um i was able to play the first hour or so of this game and immediately what what came across for me first of all the visuals are stunning absolutely beautiful game and uh and the gunplay is super fun and engaging super easy to pick up on um but i also realized how boring it is by myself (laughs) and i don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing because i think what it does is is like highlight the fact that this is such a good co-op game and if you're watching live on twitch you could see that there's some gameplay footage here of a of a co-op playthrough you could see people playing um but you know it's basically like a running gun you get you could pick up different guns and armor and different abilities i got this ability where i could like force punch people when i say force punch it's not like you know like like the force it's uh you know he like punches forward and it causes like a ripple effect you got all these like different powers and stuff these augments that you get from your cyberpunk outfits and stuff like that that's kind of cool um the game itself is supposedly only 15 hours it's a real short game but everything that i've read everybody talks about how it's slow to start which i would agree with it's a little slow to start uh but it really hits its strides when you're taking co-op into consideration and also like you know like just enjoying the aesthetic of the game itself the gunplay and stuff is very satisfying very easy to control except there's some really funny controls around like how you can crouch or aim up but not quite up it's more like bring your gun to eye level rather than shooting from the hip and what that does is it lets you kind of like shoot over a ledge sort of um that sort of experience i think is a little gratuitous and not necessary and and what i would i think they overcomplicated a rather potentially simple design in that in that sense so uh in general though um the gameplay is really well uh very few bugs or anything the studio that made this is like a group of 15 people it's like a real small independent studio that was bought out by you know the microsoft game studios team 
Um, and, and they made a really fun game. And, it, and so I would suggest if you have the opportunity to play with like a group of friends and you want to just kind of play yourself like a little, you know, shoot them up action RPG sort of deal. The Ascent is a really good time. So I would, I would encourage people to play it. I will not be playing by myself anymore. I need people to play with. So if you guys ever want to play, you know, let me know. But it comes with your game pass. So it was a, it was a cool little add on. Um, anyway, I would give it a solid, like, I don't know, six out of 10. Uh, based on my experience, it might go up if I end up saying, you know, like I get you guys in game with me and we start killing it and, and co-op and that becomes fun. It might go up, but it's a solid fun uh, playthrough. So, again, the game is called The Ascent. Any thoughts, questions? So, sort of what we're talking about, though, right? A a nice little game, not real long from a small company. That's yeah, right. Nothing wrong with right. that. I'm, yeah. I'm all about I, I like I, mean, I like these independent so artists that, that come up with really cool and, ideas and, that's, and designs. Or that's amazing. That's gorgeous for uh for a little little uh independent company like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it reminds me of the, where, those old arcade games, Rasslin. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. There's where I think the the big companies maybe can can do some good is to maybe fund some of these smaller companies without buying them up say here we'll give you some you know working capital for you know percentage of microsoft's of done a really good job of that though microsoft is one of the companies that's done a good job of that like the big problems are like ea activision people like that but like you look at microsoft sony as well um sony's Bro. sony's microsoft teams. has but, so, but Sony actually like really invests a lot in their teams where they, they grow and those exclusive titles and stuff just start to they, their organizations start to like blossom. And, and they they've got a, a, a like amazing products that come out of that, too. So I but, you know, I think it's the, the worker issues. I think I've seen a majority out of out of like Ubisoft activision ea things like that you know what i mean yeah these great big entities yeah but you know microsoft's a big entity and that's what's that's what's interesting to observe and i mean maybe maybe there are things that are happening that we're just not seeing right and that that's quite possible uh just look at what what's been going on over the past few weeks um yeah either way though like it's a it's cool to see the products that microsoft's putting out and this is just another good example of that and why uh again i'm gonna say it Microsoft Game Pass is the best deal in gaming right now. If you don't have it and you have an Xbox or even a PC, damn, like, freaking, it's incredible. You get so much. You really do. I The only reason mm -hmm. I, I don't have it, because I have a PC, I don't have an Xbox, but the only reason that I don't have it is I just don't have time. That's fair. To play. Yeah. If I had a little bit more time, I'd be all over it because there is so much on there that's good. One thing I did want to say about Microsoft real quick, though, was... A difference, I think, between Microsoft buying up some of this stuff and and some of these other companies when they when they buy a smaller studio is Microsoft has a history of being hands off when they buy something. Sure, they do. They, they tend to they, leave them alone. Yeah, they tend to just like for better or for some worse. Money. Yeah, it, right. It doesn't always work, but they're usually Microsoft has typically been here's some money, do your thing that you're doing, and we'll leave you alone, and we'll just keep you know, funneling money in that direction until it's not making any money and then it's gone. But they don't, they don't tend to be very like hands-on, which right. probably helps a lot. Yeah. 
they leave the game development up to the game developers. Yes. And they leave the Which infrastructure things up to the infrastructure people and so on. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's my game, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. And let me know if you're playing it. Joystickamouse at gmail.com. Um, that's the show, guys. We're over time. Let's, let's clap it out. Hey, all right. Everybody watching live over at twitch.tv slash Alex, obviously, thanks for being here, contributing to the conversation. Appreciate you all. Um, I want to remind everybody here that you can go to uh, patreon.com slash joystick and mouse to find a level that works for you. Support the show, the ongoing uh, operational costs that go along with that. There's also some cool rewards, including some uh, exclusive content that we're putting out and uh, and exclusive rewards also for people that sign up here in the month of August. Uh, so make sure you check that out again. Patreon.com slash Joystick and Mouse. Again, thank you to TV's Travis. Fantastic job contributing to the conversation today, my man. Appreciate you being on here. So where can people find more of your stuff? Uh, easiest place to go is TVstravis.com. Um, that is where my main show, Wait You Haven't Seen, uh, which is a movie discussion podcast where somebody's watching a movie for the first time. I've had both of you on uh, and Jay Dimes has been on as well. Um, I am I have just started last night, uh, Cage of Palooza 2021, where oh. it's the month of August, all Nick Cage movies all the time. That's aggressive. So it is. Uh, it's third year running that we've been doing it. Um and uh, we started off last night, uh, the episode that will come out on Wednesday on Color Out of Space, mm. which if you haven't seen that, it's a wild ride and it's a pretty fun movie. Um, but I've got some great ones coming up. And uh, also, um, oddly normal one in the chat, Audie and I are getting back into Let's Watch Highlander starting tomorrow. We are back for season three. There can only be one. So, yes, there can be only one. 119 episodes of that series. Wow. <laughs> there can only be 119 episodes. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a, how many that's years a, was it? Six seasons. Wow, Jeez, dude! I didn't think it was on that long. Jeez, mm -hmm. man, that's crazy. Probably shouldn't have been on that long. Actually, does it, it, does it, it get was a little a really rough at the end. Series. The last season, a little bit, but really, it's still better than the first season. I think the first season is rougher. Nice, because um, it was sort of feeling their way along. Yeah, it was a syndicated show, yeah. so. It's and fine. it's it's it doesn't have like a serialized story going on. It's a different. It's the early '90s. It was a different time. It's we get into time, that man. a lot on the show. Yeah, yeah. That you watch some TV shows from back then. It was it was a different time indeed. Uh, so again, go check out everything. Uh, if you search TV Stravis on the internet, you can find it. You'll find me. That's yep. right. That's right. So thank you again to our guest for being here. Uh, so now we're gonna go around the the, the room and say so long. So uh, Diddy, why don't we start with you? Later, folks. Travis. Bye. And from me, be good to yourself. Be good to others. So long. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>